Interesting. So you know who else was a Leo and a Cancer? Who? Talk to me. The, the girls from Call Her Daddy. We appreciate that. Also, David, if this goes the Call Her Daddy route, I, I'll, I'll sell you out for $10 million. I'll, I'll... <laughs> Yeah, honestly, man, like, <laughs> we'd be wildly successful, so... The show where two not-so-interesting guys ask interesting people one question and then interrupt them as they try to answer it. Joining us today is Lindsay Metzelar. Lindsay graduated from Boston University in 2012. After that, she began writing content on staff for companies like Massive Fever Labs and Google Butler. From there, she founded her own social media management company. Today, she is still running that same company, Lindsay's Lunchbox, along with Food Blog, Don't Expect Salads, and the wildly successful podcast, We Met at Acme. Lindsay, welcome to the show. And how the fuck did you get that job? <laughs> Thank you. What a good introduction. I, I want a, a copy of that. <laughs> for me, um, I, for so long, um, wanted to go to Cornell University where my dad had went and he like had pushed it on to me. And I, uh, so I applied there. I applied to a bunch of different schools. Cornell was like, we want you, um, but for second semester. And I was like, mm. and then Boston University, which I had applied to, was like, we want you now. And I was like, okay. Um, and at the time I was thinking I wanted to be in their communication school and it's like very like, well um, regarded. And I had gotten into the, I had gotten into the school. And so I was like, oh, well, like, would I rather go somewhere that like doesn't really want me? or somewhere that's like really excited about me. And so I went to Boston University um, and I, you know, had the opportunity to, to go to Cornell if I didn't like it. So that was really cool. Um, but I ended up loving it. And um, that was what I chose. Where did you guys go to school? I went, I went to, to Nebraska Wesleyan University where, yeah, in Lincoln, Nebraska, which I, I shouldn't have even specified. I'm sure everybody knows. <laughs> he, was, he was a Division Three basketball star. Uh, and I, I went to uh, <laughs> University. Uh, Very we, cool. we, have, we, have, we have some uh, good friends who went to BU. So go Terriers. Shout out Mitch Gross. Yeah. Previous guest on the show. Uh, undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. At BU, so good. Good on you guys. Um, We've got a really good hockey team. Yeah. Um, so, so what did you decide to major in then when you were there? So when I was there, I majored in communications, um, or sorry, I was in the communication school and I majored specifically in film and television. Um, I wanted to be a screenwriter at the time. Like I loved writing. I still love writing. Um, and I didn't like podcasts were not what they are now. And I think they're like, I don't even know if they existed at that point. Um, you know, it was more like radio shows. And so for me, I loved the idea of communication, but I thought that, you know, I wanted to write the next big movie. Did you, how far along did you get with that? Like, were you ever sending screens to people? Like, yes and no. I had a really sick internship summer after junior year of college for 20th Century Fox in LA. And so that was really cool. And I actually, like, I say that this is 
this is totally, you know, because of me, but my job was reading scripts and telling big, big producers that they should make the movie or shouldn't make the movie. And I read the script for, I don't know if you remember this movie, Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, of course. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I <laughs> ran it over to like the CEO. I was like, you need to make this movie. Like you have to do it. And they made the movie, but I'm sure that a million other interns said the same thing. But I obviously want credit for that. We'll take credit for that. We'll give it to you. Uh, uh, if, if we have a if we have a printed version of that, we'll have we'll have created by right right there. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so so coming out of college, like and this podcast is focused on a lot of younger people who are trying to get their first job or their jump into their career. Like, how did you land your first job? <laughs> Yeah, so my first job was production assistant on the set of a show for Discovery Channel called Hustling the House, and it was like a poker show. I got the job through a connection, which is how anyone gets jobs. Like, there's literally no other way, really, unless you went to, like, Harvard undergrad and Harvard Business School. Like, to cold apply to jobs is just really, like, a shit show, as a lot of people know. So my dad had a friend who worked at Discovery Communications and he, you know, asked the guy if like he had any low level, like intro uh, level jobs and he had something for a production assistant. And so I did that. And it was actually pretty cool. Like they put me up at a hotel in Atlantic City and um I mean, the hours were absurd. It was like, I I was working all night. It was like an all night shoot, but it was fun. And you were like, this is it. I made it. I got a hotel room in AC. Oh, for sure. (laughs) When I got to charge, (laughs) when I got to charge chicken fingers to them on my hotel room service bill, I was like, yeah, this is it. (laughs) To peel, how did that even come up? Like going from production assistant? Because I mean, it's, you know, and communication still kind of in the same realm, but that's different jobs. Yeah. So when I was production assistant, while it was fun to run around um, and like be on my feet, I decided that I didn't think it was for me. I was just like, this is not like I miss writing. I miss this. I miss that. And, um, and I decided to work with a headhunter, which is something that everybody should do if they're, you know, trying to get a job. And I got placed at Mass Appeal, which is like a really cool, um, you know, music related company that Nas had just bought. And I started writing articles for them and doing their social media, which social media jobs like weren't a thing, but they were becoming a thing. Like Instagram had just started blowing up and, um, And so I was doing their social and writing articles for them. And I found that to be a lot more fulfilling. And that was like the beginning of me realizing that social media was something that I really liked. Um, And so, and like, you know, that's how the rest of everything that I did like ensued from that. And and when you, when you were like messing around with the social media stuff, like not only did you like it, but did you see like a lot of potential in, in growth through that field? For sure. I mean, when I was growing up, it was like we were all on AOL. AOL was the, the, you know, the thing. And Mm -hmm. I remember you could put up your own like photo albums and it was like the coolest thing to do. And everyone was like, oh my God, do you see that person's photo album? So 
when I saw Instagram start to blow up, I knew that this was just like the next stage of that AOL thing and that like everyone would love it. And I also just always knew that like people loved themselves and showcasing themselves in different ways. Like why wouldn't people love that? Um, because people, you know, love themselves and especially Americans. And so I kind of knew, like, I was like, we're definitely onto something. And I, you know, I wasn't sure, but I was like, social media for me is something that I love. And that's always how, like, I gauge if something is going to be successful is if I love it. Cause I find that like, I, my interests are like kind of basic in a good way. And that like, I know if I'm interested in something, other people are probably interested in something. That simplifies a lot of, I guess, what David and I think about all day. So that that really helps. Thank you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back to that. Then, with I, I want to kind of combine it too, but like Fever Labs and Go Butler, I feel like you got to get that introduction to social media with mass appeal at those at those jobs. With that kind of just like some affirmation of like, oh yeah, I'm good at this. Like I actually I do I understand what's going on here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I was at at Go Butler, which was like the last job that I did before I went off on my own and started Lindsay's Lunchbox, I had a budget to work with, which was like really cool and new for someone in social media. And at the time, Fuck Jerry was like on the come up as like this meme god. And I was like, oh, like we have this budget and, you know, there's there's this guy who has tons of followers and all these celebrities follow him. Why don't we work with him and have him post about our services and um, see what happens? And so we did this collab with him. And this was before you had to disclose if something was an ad or not. So we made it look like it wasn't an ad. And everyone started following go butler we had we came up with this joke it was like a text conversation between us as the company and fuck jerry and it was something like because it was like your virtual butler right so he was like hey can i order a trampoline to my ex-girlfriend's house and we were like yeah sure like what's the address he tells us the address and then we said um you know would you like to add a note or anything and he was like yeah can you can you write the note um, here's a trampoline because you seem to love jumping from dick to dick or something. And it became like this huge uh, meme and we got like 60,000 followers from that one post. And that was when I was like, oh, this is cool, but like, do I need to be doing this at a company or should I be doing it to multiple with like helping multiple companies with this kind of thing. And that's when I went off and I started my own social media uh, consulting agency. And, and what did that leap look like? Um, I know we talk about a lot to a lot of entrepreneurs about, you know, starting to work for yourself. Like it is kind of scary. Like how did you go about getting those first couple clients? Cause obviously those are the hardest to get. You got to form case studies regarding that stuff. Yeah, it's really scary. Um, but luckily I had a good track record. Like everyone kind of, I, the reason I did it was because I started to get messages on LinkedIn being like, hey, are you the social media person for Go Butler? Like, are you their social media? Like, it was like someone like knew. And then also there was this other thing that happened, like someone tweeted something and then we responded to their tweet. And you know how that happens when like a big company responds to a tweet and then like that gets put everywhere. So something like that had happened. So I was like kind of on the radar because of that. Um, but then I also, and this is so important if you're starting to work for yourself, like you can't be afraid to email your entire contact list. 
and tell them what you're up to. And so I emailed everyone I'd ever emailed with before in the past. And I was like, hey, um, you know, I'm leaving my current job and I'm going off to do this new social media consulting. If you or anyone you know ever needs social media help with their business, please refer me, you know, like no shame, because why would I have shame about that? Like it's the hustle. And, and after I sent that email, like a million, so many people responded they were like, oh, I need help with social media or like, you know, my company only has 20 followers. Can you get us to 200 followers? And it became a th a just like, you know, word of mouth at that moment. When you're saying Lindsay's box and then don't expect salads and we met at Acme, those are all, I guess, from the timelines I had, those are all kind of starting at the same time. Would, were they separate or were, did they all kind of feel like they were working towards the same yeah, that's a great question. So don't expect salads to me was always like a fun thing on the side. It never was like business related until I started Lindsay's Lunchbox and working and started primarily working with food clients. And then I realized, hey, wait a second, I'm technically a food influencer, but I'm also on the other side um, where like, you know, I can tell someone, um, let's say, you know, a restaurant was working with me, I could say, you know, here's what to say to get people like me, because technically I'm your clientele, into your restaurant to post your food. So I was able to show them like both sides of it and also use my, you know, following to promote my clients as well. So like if I were working with a pizza company, then I'd be posting their pizza all the time on, on Don't Expect Salads. Like, oh, you have to try this pizza. Um, so it was like everything became related once I started Lindsay's Lunchbox. That's interesting. And, you know, I guess I, I really want to get into, you know, you starting We Met at Acme. Like, from the get-go, like, why We Met at Acme? Why, why is it called that? And, you know, take me through creating that Instagram page and uh, the journey behind that. And I'm sure we'll dive in a little farther. Yeah. So I started We Met at Acme about three years ago. And it all happened because you know, similar to Instagram and like, you know, the way that I said, like what you do should be based on your own interests and like what you like. And, you know, if that relates to what you think other people will like for me, I loved asking people about their dating lives. Like I was just obsessed with like quite what couples fought about and why, how they met and like different things about, about people and and I've always been so curious and I was like the person in my group of friends that everyone went to for like texting advice and dating advice and I randomly found myself broken up with like out of the blue and I was like this is so crazy like I'm the, the master of this like how could I how could this have happened to me and it made me realize that Obviously, I didn't know as much as I thought that I knew. And I really wanted to learn because like my whole thing is like, don't just accept being bad at something, like get good at it. And I decided to talk to some of my guy friends and record the conversation and release it as like a podcast. At the time, there were no podcasts that had to do with dating like or millennials. It was just news and crime. Um, and I was like, you know, maybe people will listen to this. I have no idea. And I called it We Met at Acme because at the time I was single and going out to Acme and other places like that. And I also, there was this couple that I stalked on social media that like met at Acme. And so it was like, just, it sounded good to me. I was like, oh, it sounds kind of cool. And um, so I just called it that and I just started releasing. And it was like, 
shocking how easy it was to release a podcast like and it still is to this day like you could do it anyone can release a podcast and that to me is like even us so cool. which is crazy i don't know how they got us <laughs> exactly wild. i don't know how you didn't get flagged <laughs> We actually, we, we are very proud of tricking Mark Zuckerberg into letting us uh, promote an ad said, how the fuck did you get that job? We tried like 20 or 30 different times. And then once we made the C and the K start scrolling up and down, it right. somehow got through like their AI. So yeah, and more of the story is smarter than Mark Zuckerberg. I want to go back into like, when, you, when you're doing these, podcast like and now you've stacked up the hundreds and hundreds what what comment started coming up right what were some things that like really didn't become clear until you like actually really put in the time with this first of all like i was so sloppy in the beginning of recording like i was editing it myself i and like not well i was like smoking weed while i was recording like i was just being an idiot about it um, and not taking it seriously because I was like, no one listens to this anyway. So I guess like, you know, making, like realizing that maybe no one listens, but maybe people will eventually listen. So like get your shit together and just, you know, I really, it was really important to me in the beginning to talk to my friends, but I think it's even more important, unfortunately in our world to talk to people with a big following too, so that other people can get eyes on your podcast and, and people can promote it to their audiences as well. So just like finding a mix of, of those two and then like getting experts and, and people with real knowledge on the podcast and not just like people shooting the shit I found was really useful too. So like a mix of all of that. that that's super interesting. And then also like, I guess, when did you realize that like this was this was gaining a lot of popularity. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly new, you know, I only found out about you about eight, eight to 12 months ago, but when did you realize like this, this thing is popping off um, and people are really, really enjoying it? I think a lot of it was like, you know, people, friends had reached out and they had told me they listened, but then like not friends had reached out and like, or people like I went to camp with who I hadn't spoken to in like 15 years would reach out and they'd be like, I've been listening to your podcast. And I'm like, you have like, how did you know about it? Um, and it was like more when it was more diverse of people and not just like the people I knew I was like oh maybe this is something and then you know our Instagram following started to grow and I've been doing these poll questions on our Instagram story forever and the engagement is just like crazy like if I have an argument with someone now and I'm just like hold on let me make a poll question and they're like no but like we're not going to know like the results and I'm like well it's been two minutes and 500 people voted so you're wrong. Was that, was that like the best day of your life when your like Instagram decided that polls were going to be like a thing? And you're like, oh wait, God, it was whoa, this just changed my world. Because I remember going to your page best. and being like, I can't believe I never followed this. Like, I can't believe that this exists and or I haven't seen this before. Um, it, I, it was the best day of my life. And now I'm so pissed whenever I see any other account posting polls because I feel like polls are like, only okay for like us to use because i'm so like i'm so protective over polls now is there a poll that sticks out that's like the like in your mind like the most egregious like where people really got it wrong 
Hmm. I mean, there's so many, it depends on your opinion. For me, the poll that like still doesn't have really an answer to it. Um, and we have a highlight of like the, the closest polls, like 50, 50 polls that no one could agree on. Um, but it's like, have you, would you rather cheat on your like wife or husband or them cheat on you? Like that one is, is tough. That one is tough. David, you want to answer on the count of three? Yeah, do it. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Get cheated on. Get cheated on. (sighs) Yeah, I think, I think that's the, I think that's the proper answer, but it's hard. I mean, like if you say like when you answered that, like you basically said that you'd rather someone else be unhappy in your relationship. But if you cheat, then maybe you'd rather you be unhappy. You know, it's like, there's no right answer to that. Yeah. I don't think that, but that's a good, but, and and the thing is with your polls too. And, um, well, like, I'm sure people will follow you after this. It's just like, they were all, uh, things I was wondering about. Almost all of them were, Oh wait, like I've asked that question before. Um, so I thought that was super interesting that you were able to capitalize on it and especially, you know, uh, focus in on the millennial dating world, which is, as you know, weird, weird world. Uh, and I got even weirder with COVID. Um, true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I get. I guess what what have you been doing during COVID uh, to to keep up with it and uh, keep this thing running? Like people aren't going as on as much dates. I think you 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 tell me. Yeah, well, actually, I started matchmaking in the beginning of COVID. I don't know if you guys are single, but if you are, I'm going to add you to. Oh no, you're not. You're not. You but, said that you weren't. It's all good. Um, we, we will get. But, we'll have our friend uh, apply again. Exactly. But I was, I was doing matchmaking. I I hopefully matched your roommate up with someone interesting. Um, And, you know, so I did that for a bit. And then I'm always like, still, I'm still around to talk to people about their dating experiences all the time. And we usually do like, you know, these live shows around the country, but right now we're unable to do that. So we're doing, we're going live on Instagram or we're, you know, trying to work with this one company to see if we can do like a live show where it can be interactive with our our listeners so we're looking at different ways to continue interacting but i think just like releasing interesting podcast episodes some igtvs here and there um and just like staying you know relevant not not to put you too much on the spot but like even though david and i both have girlfriends we would have to give you context our relationship as people who co-founded a company together just your initial impressions on David and I, like if you had to give us a grade on a scale from one to 10 in compatibility, what, what would that be? The two of you? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. Well, I want to know, because I don't know if you know, but I'm obviously really into astrology. I talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to know your signs and then I can give you like a proper analysis. Um, okay. I'm, I'm a Leo. I'm a Cancer. Interesting. So you know who else was a Leo and a Cancer? Who? Talk to me. The the girls from Call Her Daddy. Oh wow. <laughs> and then they had a huge falling out. <laughs> so, got super successful. <laughs> um, no, oh. but you guys are you guys are great. Um I'm dating a cancer, so I obviously, you know, approve of that. And my all my best guy friends are Leos. I feel like um it's a very good combination. Obviously, 
you know, it depends on like the rest of your chart. You should download this app called CoStar if you haven't already. Yeah, I mean, I sense that you guys have a good thing going. Go. Um, I, I think that, you know, you can tell you're both leaders and not like, not that one of you is like the follower, you know, you're both, you know, strong co-hosts. So I think you have a good, a good thing. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you. We appreciate that. Also, David, if this goes the caller daddy route, I, I'll, I'll sell you out for 10 million. I'll, I'll... <laughs> yeah, honestly, man, like... <laughs> We'd be wildly successful, so. Uh, but, but we'd also hate each other, so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Lindsay, one thing that you preach in in you know your your podcast and your page is therapy. Um, I know a lot of males aren't you know super into therapy or outwardly talking about it. Like, how important do you think therapy is for you know your your average millennial? I think it's so important. I mean, I feel like everyone always talks about how they have anxiety, but people don't talk about therapy and like, especially guys. And so I feel like a guy who is working on himself and going to therapy is so attractive to women. Um, and it's unfortunate that a lot of, you know, that there's like toxic masculinity and that guys don't feel like it's like cool to go to therapy and like that it's lame to talk about your emotions and, um, I wish that they were more open to it, but you know, I'm a huge fan of it. I think that if anything, it's like a leg up because you have more self-awareness than the average person. I remember like one of my first dates post-college was with an older guy and he was like, I just got back from therapy. And I was like, so taken aback by the fact that he said that and was so open about it. And I was like very turned on. So I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I feel like all women would be into something like that. And like, you know, it's like, why are we as women doing all this work on ourselves in therapy if like guys will never do it? So I feel like it has to be like a group effort. That Yeah, that's super interesting. And something that I talk about with a lot of people, including Jake and um, just good, uh, some of my good friends, like that guys aren't usually as open um, and transparent, like at least, my good friends, a lot of them, you can't, you can't break them open. If you bring up a girl or something, it's like the conversation's over, which in my opinion, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. It's like honestly doing the reverse and like, just like bottling up, right. And not being able to talk about it. And all of a sudden, you know, explosion, boom. Yeah, no, it's so true. Like, you know, guys need to understand that it's like, need to be like almost reversed in how they were raised and like understand that it's okay to, talk about these things and that like communication is really the only way to have a good relationship. Yeah. That vulnerability piece, shout out, uh, Brene Brown, who hopefully will somebody, somebody one day or someone who will one day deny us at least to be on the podcast. We've had a couple high profile denials. So she hasn't even denied me. Like she hasn't even (laughs) responded to us. Who, who, uh, denied you guys. Our high profile denials include, uh, Mark Cuban and Pete Carroll the coach of the Seahawks. Nice. Uh, I can't believe Mark responded. Right? That was crazy. Via email or DM? Email. Email. Himself, he responded. I mean... It it looked like it. It it was a very short message, like, no, not going to do it. (laughs) But he also had had a great 
one respect if it was him, even two if it was his assistant who got back to me. But the response was, and this is recently with COVID and the NBA launching, his response was, um, you know, I'm busy with the NBA. And and I get it, you know, <laughs> like you're a busy man on top of right, the NBA right. back. Like you might not, not have time for a podcast. But um, yeah, that was awesome that he got back to us. And I was super excited to call Jake up and be like, yo, guess who denied us? Um, yeah, that's hilarious. But um, yeah, I guess uh, I got I got one or two, I got two more questions. One is a, a selfish question, actually, for both of us. Both of us are in long distance relationships. And for anyone out there in long distance relationships, like what advice would you give and how do you know if it's working, et cetera? Like just kind mm. of giving you the mic. That's tough. I'm not a fan of long distance relationships personally. I was in one a while back, but it also was definitely the wrong person. Um, I think like if you are still missing them and still wanting to talk to them all the time, it's a good sign. If there's an end in sight, like, you know, that's a good sign. You can't just like accept that you're never going to see each other. Like you need to be proactive about it. Um, and I guess like if you're having, you know, FaceTime sex, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're still wanting to be sent nudes by that person, that's a good sign. I, I like want to say more, but like we're on air. So I kind of want to. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me and Jake are just being quiet. Um, I guess I got, I got one. So one of my friends sent me a fan mail question. I knew that I was going to have you on the show. So she, she just asked me a simple, simple question, which is the age old question is how do you, how do you know if he's into you? You know, like if you are asking that question, he's not into you because, and I hope you guys agree with me as, as guys, like when a guy is into you, he will make it clear. Like he will, try to talk to you all the time. He will um, try to see you all the time. He will just like be into you. Um, I just don't feel like it's, I do feel like it's so black and white. Like if you're confused, it's a no. Um, whereas like on the other way around, I actually think that like a girl could be into you if you're not sure about it. But with a guy, like you know, or you don't. And, and like if, you are into them for for something serious then you need to be sure that they're into you and they're not just like you know um and that's i swear to god it'll be clear like i promise you i think that's really well said and like i don't i caveat out add is sometimes it, it might not even be you eat too. Like sometimes like a guy like can't focus or not, not can't focus, but there's something else going on in the back that makes like not being ready for anybody. Like mm -hmm. it's not, it might not be anything you did. Just there's something going on in the background that you don't know that makes this not a possibility. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you'll know when they're ready for mm -hmm. something. And exactly. one last, one last fan one before we hit our lightning round is thoughts on girl asking for the second date. Only if you for are so sure that the first date went amazingly and like you're so sure that they're into you. Great answer. We're, we're terrible at ending these, Lindsay. So we end with the Michelle Miller quick question round. Uh, so named after my mother until somebody buys the sponsorship. Are you ready with the questions? Well, I'm pulling up right Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle Miller is a great name. No, it's, yeah. Used, used to be Michelle Stokey, which... I'm kind of bummed we, we lost the Stokey man because that's <laughs> <laughs> so Lindsay number one person you'd most want to sit down to dinner with Howard Stern favorite city in the world New York uh, is it okay to sleep with socks on 
No. Favorite rom-com? Love Actually. I'm so basic. <laughs> Best spot to eat in New York City? Ooh, Bar Pity. In 40 years, what will people be nostalgic for? The pandemic. Guys need to stop starting conversations with blank. Hmm, that's a tough one. Guys need to stop starting conversation with girls that they just want to have sex with. Is cereal soup? No. The dumbest food take you've ever heard? Hmm, oh, ketchup on eggs or steak. With you. In one sentence, how would you sum up the internet? Genius. Blank is needed for something to go viral. Controversy. Also, I realize that genius isn't a sentence, so. <laughs> Every, everybody does one word. No, nobody does a sentence. Everybody does one word. <laughs> it is genius. Uh, go to quarantine snack. Cookies. Most underrated thing about having a successful podcast. Ads. <laughs> Most overrated thing about having a successful podcast. Ooh, these are so good. Um, <laughs> overrated nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. And last and final one. In 2030, you can catch Lindsay Metzler blank. Um, hopefully outside. You can catch me outside. <laughs> there it is. Lindsay, thanks so much for coming on the show. Where should people follow you if they want to hear more? Thank you guys so much. You can follow me on Instagram at WeMetAtAcme or Metz with Z's. That's my personal. Awesome. Lindsay Metz, bye everybody. Thank you guys so much.